This is Steve Ray with Owl's Nest Barbecue, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show with Greg Rempe. Can you believe it? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you doing? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? We ate two feet for wiener. Delicious, Lavernius. Shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. You just heard Sterling Ball recap the Smithfield National Barbecue Championship that took place in New Orleans, Louisiana this past weekend. Boing. Willingly answered all the questions about the... It's not a judging issue, but the uh, turn-in box misnumbering situation and in the end what i found fascinating was that all of the sanctioning bodies were represented on that last tape somebody from st louis somebody from bca somebody from uh, kcbs somebody from ibca somebody from all of the sanctioning bodies well represented that's great now you get to see who's who Plus, it was a meat-sponsored contest, much like a guinea pig is. I think a King of the Smoker is uh, similar, where all meat provided. Fun stuff. That would have been fun to be there. And by the way, I highly question what the weather was bad like in New Orleans. Uh, it was like a 20 degrees in Cleveland on Saturday. Okay. And snowing, I might add. So let's take this whole it was terrible weather thing into account and make sure that we're all on the same level here. You want bad weather, then you have a barbecue contest at Burke Lakefront Airport right outside of downtown Cleveland in November, middle of November. That's what you want. You want bad weather. Guarantee it. 20 degrees, my dad. I mean, forget about that. All right, still to come on this show, Kevin Coleman from Weber Grills. We're going to be talking about the smoke fire. So stay tuned for that. You can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. Uh, This portion of the show is being brought to you by Fireboard. You can monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. You can connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. And if you have the Alexa or Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because fully integrated with both is Fireboard. You can find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Let me tell you, a great gift idea for somebody that's looking for some kind of a a remote thermometer, uh, but B, that can connect to your local area network and does graphing and has an app and everything that you can see on your phone. So fun. And really good. Six ports. Come on. Fireboard.com. Get it. Coming up this Friday on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. Episode 99, taking you back to November 17th, 2015. And of course, it is going to be additionally heavily laden with Thanksgiving best of stuff. The guy that just showed up in the first segment of the first hour, Stephen Reichlin, is on the best of show in the first part. After Stephen, my mom, Connie Rempe, Stopped by the show back in 2015. We also talked a bunch of Thanksgiving stuff as well. I don't recall specifically if we were talking about like leading into it or if we had talked about a like past. There was one specific Thanksgiving where there were leftover 
uh, where there was leftover stuffing and leftover mashed potatoes, and we made uh, deep-fried stuffing balls and deep-fried mashed potato balls as well, like the next day. Those were delicious. So you have to make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast in order to get the best of show. If you're not subscribed to the podcast and you're not visiting the website every day, then you have missed what will be the first 99 episodes, and John already has many more in the bag. So we will be continuing until further notice into 2020, easily, I might add. But again, in order to get the best of show, you have to be subscribed to the Barbecue Central Show podcast. Now, I had teased this last week. This is from vegnews.com. Florida barbecue chain has debuted vegan Beyond Meat burnt ends. That happened on November 4th. Barbecue chain Four Rivers Smokehouse introduced vegan Beyond burnt ends at all six of these Central Florida locations. The menu now features Beyond Meat's vegan beef that is double-smoked and slow-roasted in the same way that the restaurant prepares its animal-based barbecue meat. Important to create something that looks, smelled, and tastes like meat-based cousin for Rivers founder CEO John Rivers told the Orlando Sentinel. We tested jackfruit, pulled pork, black bean burgers, vegan sausages. However, none were necessarily unique in the end. We chose burnt ends due to its popularity on the menu and because it's something we've not seen offered as a plant based option so if you are just dying to get your hands on some beyond meat vegan burnt ends you need to go to four rivers in florida four different locations or five or six or whatever it was you know who's not serving that dr barbecue not serving vegan burnt ends at least not yet we've got to get right back on this video there's a whole other video that i still am trying to get to that'll be now three weeks from now it's 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 just great. It has nothing to do with barbecue. Nothing to do with barbecue. Kevin Coleman coming up out of the break. Can we please talk about the barbecue guru? I hope so. Because the barbecue guru is believing that outdoor cooking should be easy and fun because it can be. They have automatic pit temperature control devices for your pleasure. Kettle cookers, bullet style cookers, offset smokers, everything in between. A whole bunch of different tech to choose from as well. The Monolith is a ceramic cooker that the Barbecue Guru sells. That has a built-in power draft fan already. Comes with it. So, so, if you have a Barbecue Guru controller, all you have to do is hook it up to this fan and away you go. Easily choose your cooking time, temp, let the Monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pit master. With minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill. You can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. BBQGuru.com or call 800-288-GURU. Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Kevin Coleman out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue. A man actually named Meathead. The author of a barbecue Bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. And this portion brought to you by Smithfield. Of course, the National Barbecue Championship is wrapped up. Fred Robles is your overall national champion. Smokingwithsmithfield.com is the website. They're also doing the grant program. I believe that's still open for... Entry, so go to smokewithsmithfield.com for more information or to purchase, to, to purchase, to enter, to fill out the application. Hey, one of my favorite grill brands ever, be it liquid propane, charcoal, or otherwise, is Weber. The Barbecue Central Show has always been a big Weber grill house, and I'm always happy to have the director of brand education, Weber's grill master, Kevin Coleman, to join the show. And we are going to be talking about the new Weber pellet cooker, Smoke Fire. So we will race to the hotline and welcome back Kevin Coleman to the show. Hey, Kevin. Greg, how we doing? Hit your camera, man. We got to see that pretty face. Let me see, Let me see this camera. Let's there see. we go. Oh, man. Ah. Every time I see you, it's like more. You're like barbecue sexy, right? <laughs> 
I, I'm telling you, the status of the show just increased by getting my face put on here in, in this video right no now. No doubt. People are jumping on like crazy. So, uh, <laughs> Built up golf, either way. Yeah, we're well, whatever. Uh, we're talking with Kevin Coleman, Weber.com, the website, of course. And uh, big news here. So as I was mentioning in the first hour, Kevin, that if you were uh, taking a break from social media yesterday and today, you probably missed it. It was the worst 48 hours to take off of social media in your life. And that, of course is because Weber has decided to make the foray into the pellet market. And uh, so we see the official launch of uh, what is called Smoke Fire, the new pellet cooker that is uh, being offered by Weber. And I remember asking you about a pellet cooker from Weber the last time you were on the show. And you didn't shoot it down, but you also didn't make it sound like it might be something that was going to be happening over the next 12 to 14 months. So let's back out of it just from a high level here and talk about development time and how long this has been in the hop the hopper that's bad hopper um but how long it's been in the planning stages of weber's mind and then finally realizing the release here yesterday well i mean it's it's actually the ironic part is when we talked about it last time i actually had one of the prototypes in my backyard so it's probably why i was being a little elusive about it because i didn't want to necessarily hint that i had it back there but it's something we've been looking at for a long time and i think just like all the major product launches we've had over the time at Weber, we consistently look at the marketplace trying to make a better cooker for people in their backyards. And the amount of time and energy that we put into this grill has been probably secondary to what we've done to other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've definitely taken a lot of the, um, let's say, shortcomings of, of the pellet industry and revolutionize it with the things that we put in ours. So it's a it's a it's a fantastic cooker. I'm sure you've seen AmazingRibs.com has has written a pretty good review on it, and um, we're pretty happy with it. Obviously, I'm not breaking any news to you here, Kevin. Pellet cookers at this point not a new thing. So I don't know if you're able to to back out of this or not talk like the company guy here. But it, I mean, in your estimation, is Weber <laughs> a little late to the party here on this? I wouldn't say we're late to the party. I think it's one of those things that over time we've looked at the industry and it's not just pellet cookers. It was the summit charcoal with the whole Kamado style and ceramic cookers. And it's something that we're always, always looking at, um, not just with pellets, but technologies and all the things that go on. And we looked at it as trying to figure out how do we create the best possible cooking experience for our consumers in the backyard. And that just doesn't go with taking 1985 with our Genesis making flavorizer bars and making a true gas grill that didn't work off of flavorizer bars to working some of charcoal into now this. So it, it's a process for us to come out with a product that's going to be perfect for our consumers. And that's something that we continue to do with this one. Was there any um, angst or, or was there any, I don't even know what the hell I want to say, but I, I mean, when it starts to you know matriculate up the ladder as you get further and further into the corporate of, of uh, Weber, where people like, you know, screw screw the pellet cookers. There's other ones out there. We're kettle guys. We're gas grill guys. We make some cool fireplaces. We have a, a great uh, smoker already in the Weber Smoky Mountain. We just don't see pellet as, as a space we really want to bother with. No, I, I think it's not just the pellet industry. I think it's the electric industry. It's the charcoal industry. It's the gas industry. It's future technologies that we're constantly looking at. And so for me, when people ask, like, what do you think about pellet? Two years ago when we were at Camp Brisket down in College Station, we cook on WSMs. There's Bewley pits. There's Jambos. We've got 299 pits all the way up to, let's say, $30,000 Bewleys. Mm-hmm. And pits and spits that year on the blind on Saturday morning, which no one knows what anything was cooked on, they actually won the blind, which it's not necessarily a competition, but 80 of the people down in College Station preferred the flavor of the brisket that came off of a pellet grill versus any other thing that was there. And so for me, it was one of those, it's like, wow, you've got some of the best brisket cooks in the world, some of the best pits in the world. And that's what people chose not knowing. And that was an aha moment for me. And from, from Weber's perspective, it was, we're seeing this category. Is it an opportunity that we can design something that's going to be unique? That's going to give people the performance, the smoke, the lack of jamming, the clint, making cleaning easier, all the things that are some of the shortcomings of the pellet industry. And how do we make that Weberized so people have the best experience in their backyard? And that's something that we just knocked out of the park with this one. All right. Um, so from from start or, or concept to where we're at, how long does it take to, to get to market? I mean, technically, this, it's not on the market yet, but I mean, where are we at right now? 
Well, I mean, it's not on the market. It's you can pre-order it now on right. Amazon.com, Weber.com. You can. It's coming out early January 2020. This has probably been a two and a half year process um, from the conception. What are we talking about? To finally getting prototypes to testing those, refining those. And that's what I think people need to understand is, for me, I have 800 hours logged on this grill. Wow. Um, and that's a heck of a lot of cooking, but that's what we do to try to create the best possible product for consumers. So it's not like, hey, let's just come out with a pellet grill and let's go. It's how do we address the shortcomings of how do we make this easier for people to clean? How do we get this to 600 degrees and actually brown and sear something like you've not seen on a pellet grill? And for nine months prior to me getting the first prototype, I had almost every pellet grill in, in the, on the marketplace in my backyard mm. cooking on every single one. And we rotated those around a certain amount of people inside of Weber. So we would have a better idea of how people are doing things and how do we create a better product, right? And that's the most important thing is it wasn't one brand. It was a, a, a bunch of working knowledge of how do we figure out how to make this better for people and give them the performance and the easy the ease of clean and all the other things that make the pellet industry a pretty a pretty fun place to 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 cook in. So when you're doing that market research or, or when you're getting uh, I would imagine you're picking brains of folks uh, maybe there's questionnaires sent out to your best customer you know however you guys are achieving your statistical and market data do you take like the 10 most answered things or the 10 most common repeated things and decide that that's how you're going to attack with this new pellet cooker and you're going to fix those items or how do you put what is, as you were saying, what's lacking currently into uh, Weberizing the issue? Well, I think it's it's prioritizing the categories of things, right? And that's something that we did back again with the Genesis coming out with flavorizer bars versus versus having lava rock. It's understanding what are those four or five main pivot points or pain points, and figuring out how do we Weberize that to where we have grease management, which is something you find in all of our grills. How do we have temperature control? How do we have ease? Uh, how do we have evenness of of cook? How do we have temperatures that can go 225 all the way up to 600 degrees in a fast and quick amount of time that doesn't take a long time? So those are some of the the core competencies core competencies we have as a business. But it has to be relatable to the consumer end. It has to have something that has performance. It has to have something that gives it that that Weber flavor, that Weber ease of use that people are have known for over sixty years in the marketplace. And it's just one of those things. This will revolutionize the pellet industry, and it's it's going to be a fantastic product for people to have in their backyards. We're talking with uh, Kevin Coleman. You can go to Weber.com and check out some pictures and read up on all the information there. For the folks that are listening on podcast, Kevin, can you? paint us a mental picture of what smoke fire looks like to the best of your ability and how the main componentry is set up? I, I would, if visually it, it's a, a drum type of a pellet grill has the same type of look and feel. The first time I saw it, I was with my daughter who was six at the time and she was like, daddy, that is beautiful. And if you don't believe me, I actually have a video of her walking through it and she's like, daddy, this is a pretty good grill. It's like a 30 second infomercial. I'm like, Maddie, you are so smart, but has the same type of look and feature of a Genesis of a summit where it has the beautiful chrome down the sides, has the the porcelain enamel finish, which helps us move air around the inside, has our traditional flavorizer bar system inside, which helps us create an atmosphere where it pushes the grease down into the bottom of the unit, which continues to give us authentically great grilled food. But the flavorizer bars create that even evenness of heat across the um, the cooking grates, which is something that no matter if you put a steak on one side or another, you're getting that beautiful sear mark. So it's... Um, it's packed with a heck of a lot of power and a heck of a lot of uh, uh, of performance that people really haven't seen in a pellet grill. So as we start to break this particular cooker down, you had mentioned uh, you know a small handful of things that are kind of different. Uh, one of the things that I saw that was a little out of the ordinary compared to some of the other cookers is the uh, would we call it an inverted auger system? Uh, so you have a short a short vertical auger system that sits almost directly in the center of the unit and the hopper is in the back which the hopper is about 22 pounds of fuel which is pretty nice so you can fit over a bag of a 20 pound bag of pellets in the back but because it's a short vertical down into the hot pot you have an opportunity for the grill to heat up faster so instead of us having a longer auger it's a shorter auger which allows us to get up to 600 degrees in about 10 to 15 minutes which is something you haven't seen anywhere else. It also allows for us 
to have less problems with jamming. I've cooked over 800 hours on mine and I've not had one jam, mm. which is a pretty impressive thing. So I'm not saying that you won't have any jams, but I'm saying the chances of that happening are slim and none. The back flashes, you're not going to see because of the way that the grill is set up. And the other great thing about it is normally with pellets, you see a lot of ash moving around the inside because of the way that we've designed it. The ash goes down into a grease management system that you basically pull out. So the grease and the ash go down into a bottom disposable tray. All that stuff gets thrown out in the garbage and away you're ready to go. So forget your shop bags. Forget all the other things. The way to clean this is absolutely easy. And most importantly, the performance is where it's at. So really, you only have to pull this tray out that you're talking about to clean it? I don't have to take my crappy vacuum and pull all the guts out and go after it? <laughs> well, 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 I would say this. You might see a little bit of grease and ash that happens over time. There's sure. a scraper that's included that you can drop into it, but that's about two minutes of cleaning, if that. Um, but yeah, you're not going to have to use mm. the shop vac. You're not going to have to use the cheap vacuum cleaner. All the ash, the majority of it gets pushed down into that grease management system that you've seen on our gas grills and partly on our charcoal grill. So um, that, that's definitely one of the game changers because I'm not a very, I, I like to cook. I don't necessarily like to clean. And <laughs> I mean, it's just me. We're recommending every 20 to 30 hours that you, that you clean out the grill, which um, I don't think you're really going to have to do that, but yeah. it's, it's pretty awesome. All right. So let me ask you, so you, it's 22 pound pellet hopper. I think typically you find, you know, 15 to 20 pounds and a lot of the other yep. competing models. So if I set it for 225 to 250, I load it with 22 pounds of pellets you have, and I know it's like uh, above sea level or what's the temperature outside and all that <laughs> crap, but do you have a general idea if it's fully loaded down running in that barbecue temperature fully, what time? Uh, fully, fully loaded at your, yeah. if you're at two, if you're at 250 degrees, it's going to give you an hour per pound. An hour per pound. All right. So yep. uh, I mean, definitely something you can, you know, load it up overnight and then you got plenty to get you through the overnight hours and, and away you go. Yeah, I mean, the, the other great thing about it is it has the Weber Connect built into it. So we've figured out a technology that you're going to be able to use Wi-Fi and Bluetooth on it, mm -hmm. um, depending on the size of your house. But more importantly, we've tested over 600 different cuts, sizes, and anything else that you could cook. So we can actually give you an ETA program logged into it. So we're going to be able to tell you that if you put something like a brisket on now, it'll track and tell you that it's going to be done in 10 hours, going to be done in 12 hours, very similar to a car app where it's telling you your destination. This is when you're going to hit it. Sure. Um, and the other cool thing about that too, is we figured out carryover temperatures. So now if you want a steak that's done at 115 or 120, we'll tell you to take that off at 105 or 106, because we've found out that the carryover temperature with certain cuts and certain things is anywhere between 13 to 17 degrees. So, I mean, are you going to have to put in more information on whatever it is you're cooking in order to achieve the perfect results of all that stuff or no? It's not actually adding more information. It's going to be, you pick your cut, you pick what you're cooking, grill set up, sets the grill up, tells you when to flip something, tells you when to take it off, tells you when to rest and you're ready to go. So it, basically from anything you're going to prep, even down to the point where there's tips and tricks on how to slice things correctly, everything is included into the app. Um, that you run off of your phone. So it's a pretty robust cooking system that we developed also inside the smoke fire. Now, one of the other things that you had mentioned, and uh, just from looking at it online, um, since I wasn't able to make it out to Chicago, unfortunately, uh, one of the big departures that I saw is the deletion of you know what I call the the cookie tray or the, ge the grease tray deflector yep. shield. Uh, you go with the flavorizer bars. Why is it a good thing to do that? I mean, it, depending on your grill, for us, the best way to do it, it's something that we started back in 1985, but we want to channel grease away from the actual grill because you're not going to get authentically flavored food by having a plate inside there because the drippings of your salmon that won't burn off because the grill doesn't get hot enough, at least with a lot of the research that we've done, is going to sit inside of your grill. So you're not going to get that authentically flavored food. What we want to do is have that grease hit down on the flavorizer bar, send that beautiful smoke flavor back up, but channel the grease out of the grill. So every time you cook, you're getting authentically grilled flavor. Most importantly, the flavorizer bars help create even heat across the grates. And that's for us, another one of those great points where the grease isn't going outside the grill. It isn't getting filled up with rain and draining on your concrete. It's sitting down low in a disposable tray, which is easy to throw out. But most importantly, you're getting the authentic flavored grilled, grilled food. All right. Um, now, are the flavorizer bars just the standard ones that you would find on the grill? Or are they made out of any special no, they're, material they're, they're or the, thicker? No, they're the, they're, the, they're the straight stainless steel um, that you would find in some of our Genesis grills. Um, the, the larger 
flavorizer bar is uh, made out of porcelain enamel. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we found that is grease has a, has a better path and a faster path down in the grease tray than if we went with stainless. So the middle one, the larger one is going to be porcelain enamel, and everyone else is going to be stainless. All right. Um, this cooker, as you had mentioned, claiming to reach 600 degrees. Why is that number specifically important, and was there any attempt at getting a higher number? I don't, I don't think it was – well, first of all, just because you give people more heat doesn't necessarily translate to better grilled product for them. You can give them heat as high as the heavens, but the margin of error gets extremely slow. What we have found was 550 degrees is perfect for us to sear. We went up to 600 degrees because we found no matter what cut you're going to be grilling, it will sear, it will caramelize on there. So for us, the 600 degrees was, was, a, was a great threshold – more importantly, we probably could have got away with less heat because of the way the flavorizer bar system and because of all the drippings going down help increase the heat. But 600 degrees is our threshold, and it's something that when it comes to browning the whole surface of a steak, you won't find anything else out there that will do that. All right, so let me ask you, when you see some of the videos that are out in circulation right now, uh, one of the more eyeball-catching moments for me is when you are throwing on those strip steaks the other night you're flipping it Mm -hmm. there's fire and there's great grill marks looks and feels at the moment like a grill and i have long been a proponent of having multiple cookers in the backyard if you're able to and for the manufacturer to instead of making an all-in-one make a few things that are dedicated to doing those things really well for instance weber makes a really good charcoal grill and a really good gas grill they also make that really good weber smoky mountain and then this pellet cooker seems to be living in between those sectors and i'm not just picking on weber here because many other pellet cookers make the claim to be able to do grilling at high temps and all that stuff although few make claims to get past the 500 you guys are going to 600 and then do the low and slow really well um on top of that are you not adding direct competition to your own lineup here to a certain degree i don't don't think you're directly adding competition to your lineup i think you're appealing to a a broader base of people that want to grill that want a little more simplicity out of cooking and gas can be somewhat intimidating charcoal can be somewhat intimidating um depending on your grill and what we found is people like the ease of use with a pellet grill although there's a lot of shortcomings that come with that the jamming the grease management the vacuums all the issues that make it a little bit more difficult for people when they buy it, thinking they're getting into like, man, this is going to make my life easier. And it really makes their life harder. We took all that great information, turned it into a great cooker that complements the Weber lineup. And that's the most important thing for us is it's not something that's going to compete against the summit because people that love gas are going to go gas. People that love charcoal are going to go charcoal. But this complements all those areas with the same type of heat performance of going up to 600 degrees in 10 to 15 minutes like you would a gas grill, going down to 225 to 250 to smoke something. So you have a really versatile cooker. Now you can do the same thing on a gas grill. I can cook great brisket using wood that I've stunned 22 out of 23 people thinking something was cooked on gas when it, or something that was cooked on charcoal that was cooked on gas. But more importantly, it has the same look, feel, flavor that a Weber has and most importantly delivers that to a consumer. Uh, Kevin, can I hold you over for uh, partially next segment? I got a couple other questions I want to ask you. Yep, you're, no problem. You got, all right. Uh, we are talking talk. with Kevin Coleman here on the show from Weber, and we're talking the Smoke Fire just released. Check out uh, Kevin's social media as well. So you can, if you haven't seen it yet, you can see it in person. With the videos. Uh, also, some of the other influencers were there. Uh, Robin Lindars was there, uh, typically on the show on the third Tuesday of the month. So if you follow her, go to her stores. You can check out what she did. Uh, let me talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. Established in 1882, Southside Market is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Offering premium Central Texas barbecue products, slow smoked over real wood. Shipping, distributing, manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S. From food trucks to multi-chain restaurants, Southside Sausage can be on your menu, too. All meats processed in that on-site USDA-inspected facility. Trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity. Wholesale options are available. Shipping nationwide via the FedEx. You can also get it through food service distribution channels like Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Martin Foods. Co-packaging capable from research and development to package completion. They can follow your recipes 
or help you develop something brand new from scratch. They also have private label opportunities available as well. Visit southsidemarket.com for more information and you can get 10% off your quarter when you uh, quarter order when you visit southsidemarket.com. 10% off code BBQ Central, BBQ C E N T R A L, all lowercase, all one word, BBQ Central. 10% off your online order at southsidemarket.com the first time and the next time and the next time after that. Pretty cool rubs out there, too. I just got a pack of those in the mail. We are back with Kevin Coleman from Weber. More smoke fire talk. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Smoke Sheet, free weekly newsletter that keeps you in the know on everything happening in the barbecue world, including top news, events, recipes, and more. Started by Ryan Cooper and Sean Ludwig, both of them traveling around the country to find the best barbecue news. Then report on it. You can sign up at bbqnewsletter.com, a great all-in-one resource covering the live fire industry. By the way, a special shout-out and quick recovery to Ryan Cooper. Not going to get into the whole thing there. Stricken with, uh, like, life-threatening stuff. So hopefully he is uh, well on the mend, and uh, he'll be back around soon. In the meantime, we're talking with Kevin Coleman from Weber about the smoke fire. Uh, all right, Kevin, so let me get back to some of these other questions that I have. Let's talk tech on this grill. Is there a pressure that I have a whole situation? I have, you know what? I have a whole problem with tech on these freaking pellet cookers, okay? But we'll leave that off to the side. Is there pressure that Weber feels from the consumer that there has to be this kind of tech and there has to be that kind of tech in order to be a viable pellet cooker in this market right now? No, there there wasn't pressure to have tech to really truly be built into it the way that we built in this tech. I think there's there's always, because the iGrill was so big for us and having Bluetooth technology that could tell your phone when things were cooking and the adjustments, that was such a huge thing for consumers that we were like, well, how do we make that better? And so by making the connection between how food cooks over time and giving people a higher rate of success, we're hoping that's going to create an atmosphere where they want to cook more. So it wasn't like, yeah, we need to have technology. It's like an arms race. It was, can we have technology and deliver something to consumers that they'll actually want to want and use and help them create better barbecue? And that's part of giving them the best pellet cooker on the market, but then also giving them the best technology that's going to help them succeed that makes them come back and grow even more. I mean, is there any way to track how many end users ultimately use their phone interface with the grill or uh, the internal meat probes or, you know, all this other stuff? I I have zero, by the way, I have zero <laughs> empirical evidence to support what I'm about to say, but I think... 75% of people that have cookers that have some kind of Wi-Fi or some kind of tech on really believed in the beginning that this shit had to have it. Otherwise, they weren't going to consider it. They buy it, and they don't use it. They, I mean, the pellet cooker, in essence, is so easy to use. As long as pellets are in it, unless you bought a tremendous piece of crap that you have to babysit <laughs> all the time, you should keep it full of pellets, set the temperature, and then... Go back and check it every once in a while. Like, I just don't get it. Well, I think part of it is, can you design technology that's actually helping the user? Which is, from all the data collection that we've had, from understanding how meat cooks over time, helping people understand when they flip, helping people understand when food's done, giving them an ETA. So here's your, here's your best case scenario, right? I'm cooking a Thanksgiving turkey. I'm going to put it on. How do I know when it's done? Yeah. It's going to give you the ETA when it's done. More importantly, if you want to speed up that process because, hey, this thing is going to take an extra hour or maybe an extra 45 minutes, can I bump the temperature up and, and, and get it off faster? You can do that. So it's more of can we give you the technology that's going to help you succeed 
and also make it easier for you to create a great grilled meal because that's some of the shortcomings that we found. So I think when you look at technology, is it going to deliver on that? I know it is because I'm one of the people that spent over 600 tests logging data and finding data that is helping create better grilled food. And so you could say way back in the day, even some of the hands-on stuff inside of cars, do you really use the stuff? Not really. But what we have found is places like Fireboard, places like Flame Boss that actually have this technology that's making it easier for people to keep consistent temperatures, mm. log things, create more consistent food that they take off of it. This Weber Connect is going to allow you to do that. But more importantly, it's going to allow you to do that every single time you cook. Kevin Coleman joining me here on the show. We're talking about smoke fire. Um, feel free to answer or not answer this, but I'm obligated to ask because your grill has Wi-Fi. Is Weber afraid being taken to court by Traeger for Wi-Fi tech that is in the smoke fire? I'm not really familiar with all the, the, the lawsuits that Traeger's under in the industry. I can just tell you that from a Wi-Fi and control standpoint, it's one of the best that you're going to find out there and people are going to really enjoy it. How many models are there to choose from? There's going to be two models, a 24-inch and a 36-inch. All right. And then uh, you said like January, people will actually be taking physical delivery of these? We're going to be shipping, which is another great point. We're going to be manufacturing and assembling these here in Huntley, Illinois, which is fantastic for um, the Weber brand. Should be shipping early January and if you continue to be nice, Greg, you might find one in your backyard. Oh, great. You can actually see it get to 600 degrees. You know I'm screwed now, right? I'm totally screwed if I'm going to be. Let me, now, let me ask you, um, what does manufactured in the States mean? Like, is that like 100% from, from every nut, bolt, blah, blah, blah? Or, I mean, are, are there some offshore parts that are going to be trucked in and it, they are going to be put together here in the States? They're going to be put together and assembled. So there's going to be globally sourced parts. So we source parts from the best um, manufacturers around the world. And great for us is we have such great relationships with so many of those that we're able to find the best quality products. Those all get shipped in. It goes through the manufacturing process here, gets assembled here, and then is going to be shipped out of our Huntley Distribution Center here in Illinois. All right. Uh, price points. So price points, the... 24 MSRP is going to be 1149. The 36 is going to be 30 1399. Right. So, uh, I mean, you're pretty up to speed on what other models are out there and what the other price points are. I mean, how do you feel Weber is fitting in here? I think at the price point for both of them, you're going to find the best pellet experience that's in the marketplace right now, from a feature benefit standpoint to a user standpoint to a functionality and performance standpoint from a maintenance standpoint and then you add the weber connect onto there i mean i feel sorry for the people that bought a pellet this year because you're probably going to want to trade those things in and then come back and get yourself a weber yeah spoken like a guy that's uh, working for weber weber.com by the way kevin coleman big big fan of weber no doubt um in regards to pellets because these are the things that fuel these cookers is weber making their own pellet are you contracting with a manufacturer to make a weber branded pellet what are you doing so we are, we are making a Weber-branded pellet. What you will find is industry standards about, let's say, 20, 20% wood. We're given two times the amount of wood smoke flavor inside of our pellets. We're going to have five different types from apple, cherry, mesquite, hickory, and a Grillmaster bun that's going to be maple, cherry, and hickory. So 20-pound bags, those are going to be nineteen ninety nine MSRP. And um, they, they are... In testing a bunch of different pellets, they are the most consistent and some of the most flavorful ones that I've, I've been able to, to come across. So they're going to be a, a nice a nice addition to our grill. So Weber is making them or you're you're having them made? You're like it's a private label with somebody else? Private label with somebody okay. else. Now, let me ask you about the, the flavors that you call. And I never thought I would have to ask this question until two weeks ago. So I, I get that there's a, a blend, a championship blend or whatever you just called. But if you have an apple or a cherry or a hickory... Is it a base wood of X percent and then a percent of whatever the flavor is, or are you using some other type of proprietary flavoring additive solution to flavor to get the flavor achieved in what's listed on the bag? Well, what you're going to find on the bag is you're going to find 60% of that flavor is going to come from oak and 40% is going to come from flavor, which is 
again, two times the industry standard. Mm -hmm. We, um, from an integrity standpoint, we're not going to fill it with things that are not wood flavor. So you are going to find 40% of that wood being apple as a flavor. You're not going to find additives put in. You're not going to find anything else except for natural wood flavor added into those pellets. All right. Uh, any requirement to use the Weber pellet specifically, or you just hope that people would kind of keep it all in the shop? Well, Greg, I mean, since I'm a Weber guy, we're going to, we're going to talk about a Weber cooker having Weber <laughs> pellets in it. That's <laughs> no, I mean, we, obviously we're going to recommend using Weber pellets in our grill because we've tested those and we know you're going to get the best results, but people can use what we want. It's not going to void your warranty. It's not going <laughs> to cause you any of those other major issues that you might find. Um, with using other grills, use what you want. But if you want the best results, obviously, make sure you're using Weber pellets. All right. So obviously, I have some Weber fans here that are watching right now because I have 15 emails sitting in my inbox saying, hey, the pellet cooker talk is great. Where the hell am I getting one of those Weber uh, sweatshirts? <laughs> that thing's badass. You got to work at Weber? Badass. No doubt. You got to work at Weber. You got to do it. This one came all the way from Germany at our, at our no Berlin way. course. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. No doubt. I enjoy it. it, it it's, it's almost like a walking billboard, but I felt like I had to wear it on your show because being a Weber guy, I got to have it on. Yeah, I wear my own shirt on my own show, by the way. So, I mean, I, like, I'm the biggest heel of them all, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, I got a couple more minutes with you here. Uh, where are you falling out on the Popeye's Chicken Sando fiasco of 2019? Both, both versions. You, you know, the thing about it is there was so much hype on all the sides of it. And at the end of the day, it's almost like you build up to the hype and you eat it and you're like, eh, it was good. And then you have, eh, it was good. And you're kind of like, I wish I wasn't paying attention because they were both okay. It wasn't like ground. So you, you weren't blown away by it? I, I, I definitely wasn't right. blown away by and it. And did you have to uh, wait and wait in a line in order to get it? I'm not going to tell you I waited for a long time because there could be some <laughs> people from Weber listening like, you waited that long and I wasn't doing during that time. So it I'm was on a Saturday, I swear. <laughs> I swear it was a Sunday morning because right. no, they don't open on Sundays. No, I waited a little bit of time um, and they were good. It, it It's one of those things that like when your expectation is raised so high and it kind of doesn't deliver on that, mm -hmm. you're like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's okay. And you, you go from there. It's It's... It's similar to like some of the alternative beef out there, just like impossible when you have one of their burgers versus meat. It's hard to like going into it. You're like, this is going to be unbelievable and it's really, really good, but still not meat, right? So when you're talking about chicken sandwiches, they're going to be really, really good. And they're kind of like, uh, eh, they're good, but you guys raised the stake so high. It's almost like a letdown. Uh, are, what's your travel look like over the next handful of weeks? Travel is actually pretty good. So this weekend we're headed to Austin. Um, mm. Robert Lerma's having a cookout at his backyard, so we're going to be going out there, hanging around with a bunch of guys. Um, Beast Cracklin's going to be down there. Charlie yeah. McKenna from Lily Q is going to be down there cooking. So we're going to hang out there. Nice. Might, might be going down to Chile early December for um, a little bit of fun in Chile, promoting barbecue, and then we might have something special coming up towards the end of December. Um, possibly down at the Peach Bowl, so we'll see. All right, we'll see what's going on there. Uh, this is Kevin Coleman. You can uh, check out the website, Weber.com. What's your uh, social media handles there, Kevin? So, social media is uh, on Facebook. It's uh, Weber Grillmaster Kevin Coleman. On Instagram, it's just Kevin underscore Coleman. All right, Kevin underscore Coleman. So if you're not giving him a follow, go ahead and do that now. Uh, Kevin, always appreciate the uh, extended time that you give to the show, especially here tonight as we talk smoke, fire, and, you know, from all accounts, it is a revered piece right out of the gate. So we'll see how it tracks, and we'll have you back on to see how that does here in like a handful of months. Well, we're, we're hoping that we can get you one, Greg. And you know what? I'm I'm so happy to hear um, Brian Bracewell and the Southside family are um, advertisers for your show. It's yeah. one of the best butcher shops. His jalapeno cheddar sausage <sighs> is the best the sausage best. I've ever had in Texas. He's, a, I think, they're the, the fifth generation, the oldest butcher shop and barbecue shop in Texas. Yeah. One of the best ambassadors to barbecue that you're going to find. One of the most humblest, coolest dudes out there. So yeah. I'm happy to hear that they're, they're they're with your show, and he's one of the best that's out there. So congratulations on that. All right. Thanks, Kevin. I always appreciate the time. We'll talk to you soon. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Greg. Thanks. All right. There he is, Kevin Coleman. He's a world record holder, too. Um, I don't know if you recall last time he was on the show, he had the world record championship belt slung over his shoulder. I'm trying to figure out if I would rather have the world championship 
the world record championship belt or that sweatshirt. That sweatshirt was badass. Kevin, here we go. Keep the cooker. Send me the sweatshirt. (laughs) Oh, my. So good. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, Going to hang out with Robert Lerma over the weekend. Yeah, nice. He takes really good pictures, by the way. Weber.com, if you want to check it out, uh, check out Weber's social media. You can see that smoke fire cooking. Uh, There couldn't possibly be a more difficult transition to make, but hey, we love to do it. I'm going to talk to you about Green Mountain Grills. That's right. Two of them are on my back porch right now. I have the... the, uh, What did I call it? Damn it! There's the prime line. What did uh, what did Jason say it was the comp- the competitive line? I used to I call it the classic line, but that's not it. There's a, there's a, I'm sorry, Jason. I'm uh, having a complete brain fart. I'll call you after the show to get the proper name and write it in. So you have two different lines, right? The the original, the flagship line, like I have, and then you have the prime line, which was released a little bit earlier in the year. Prime line. Gives you a little bit more tech, a couple internal meat thermometers instead of just the one. You have the peek-in window on the cooking chamber, peek-in window on the pellet hopper, low pellet alarm, of course. You don't have to pay extra for that. This chassis on the Prime, a little bit more robust here than you would find on the original version. You have the Jim Bowie, which is the biggest one, Daniel Boone, which is middle size. You have the Davy Crockett, which is completely portable. So if you love to do cookouts on the run or you love to tailgate, because we're halfway through the NFL season and uh, really getting close to the end of the college football season now, and you love wood-fired pellet goodness, no matter where you go, David Crockett's going to be the one you want to take on. David Crockett has that 12-volt power technology, so if you don't have access to a traditional power outlet, you can just plug the 12-volt adapter right into your 12-volt outlet in your car. That thing's powered up, and you're ready to go. Now, the other two, Prime has 12-volt technology. The other ones are traditional plug-ins. Both of those options, you can rip the guts out, drop the green Mountain Grill pizza of an insert in it. Oh boy, now we're having fun. Tomorrow, slow and low barbecue. Today, pizza party. And everybody can make one because the thing gets up to, you know, it can get all the way up to a thousand degrees if you want. I find my wheelhouse to be more in that 650, 700 range, a little bit more window of error. Because once that thing turns south at 1,000 degrees, there's like zero room for recovery there. But everybody can make their own. Everybody loves it. I want pepperoni. I want just cheese. I want all raw onion. Screw that. I don't want any of that. You can take your raw onion pizza and go sip your eggnog with that. I don't want it. GreenMountainGrills.com is the place to go to check it all out. You can buy from your local dealer. GreenMountainGrills.com is a place you can also find your local dealer. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, we thank Kevin Coleman again for joining me on the show. The past two segments talking about the new pellet cooker. You know, I was interested to hear if... I don't know, like you you have a company the size of Weber and you think, do they ever want to be ahead of trend? And then you see where they're coming into the pellet market. I mean, you know, the, the Traeger pellet or patent well expired, a whole bunch of other manufacturers coming in. And what it appears to be like, they've just laid out, taken it all in, 
seeing what other people are liking, seeing what other people aren't liking, and then, as Kevin said, tried to make it more appealing to uh, and fix some of the things that people aren't digging about the pellet experience. And I was totally anti-pellet for the longest time. Then I got, uh, it was a, a gorilla cooker. That was the first pellet cooker I ever had. And I just donated that to uh, somebody up the street who was loving it. Now, that was an original gorilla, by the way, an OG. And then I got a couple Green Mountain Grills, and then I got a Traeger, and every experience that I've had with a pellet cooker, uh, by and large, has been uh, ease of use, great product, easy to manage, make sure it's full of pellets. I mean, it's I'm, I'm a total convert. I would uh, absolutely have at least one pellet cooker in my arsenal going forward all the time. And yes, if I had to pay for it, I would pay for it. I'm a, and I was, there was, there wasn't a bigger hater, not vocally, but I was just not a part of it. Thought it was cheating and all that other crap. And I'm coming around. I'm not saying that it's uh, not, not, not easy to use one of those, but I do no fire management. I can run a Lang all day long and burn sticks. I can run a Weber Smoky Mountain uh, for 24 hours straight. Not half the, I, I know all that stuff. I can do the fire management stuff. I want to run a pellet cooker? Yeah, I'll run a pellet cooker. Why not? I can do that. I got plenty. Let's recap it. All the way back in the first hour, Stephen Reichlin and I barbed about Thanksgiving and other things. Great information there. So if you're wondering what you should be doing for Thanksgiving or you have the traditional questions, go back and get the pod. It'll be released here in a few short mementos. Thursdays, uh... Will be the, the release of the second hour best of on Friday. After Stephen Reichland, we talked with Sterling Ball from Big Papa Smokers and the Smithfields National Barbecue Championship. Congratulations to Fred Robles for being the inaugural world champion or national champion, I guess I should say. And then the second hour, Kevin Coleman from Weber Grills, Weber.com. You can go there to check out the new Smoke Fire and see if that's something you might get into. That's the new Pellet Cooker. How about that? Yeah, they're in. Weber now officially into the Weber, uh, I'm sorry, into the pellet cooker market. Does it interest you? Hit me up, Greg, at thebbqcentralshow.com. September 11, 2001, I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Reppy. Good night, all.